right, all right, you guys. We are back. And as promised, I got my girl, Miss <laughs> Diamond Cash, master social worker, extraordinaire, <laughs> author, you name it. So I'm going to let her introduce herself real quick for the audience. <laughs> Hello, everyone. My name is Diamond Cash, and I am originally born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. I do currently reside in Atlanta, Georgia, and I serve the Atlanta, Georgia um, community. I am a children and family social worker. Uh, what I do specifically is I am uh, education specialist. I basically do provide cons- consultation services for social services programs to ensure that children' educational rights are protected and advocated for within the foster care system. Um, I am an author, new author of a self-help book called Overcoming Affirmations for Your Success. It is not just a book, but it is also a self-help resource tool that you can utilize to help get you started on your goals towards overcoming whatever trials or challenges that have impacted you or have kind of put you at a halt. Um, I think it's a great book. Um, So far, I'm receiving great responses from it. Um, Besides being an author, I am, um, I would just say I'm very um, (laughs) eclectic. I like to do everything. (laughs) Um, But if anything, I just love to make sure that I'm serving people, whether it's in the social work realm or whether it's just naturally just being who I am or social justice or whether it's through um, church. Either way it goes, um, I enjoy just being a service to people and making sure that I'm encouraging others and inspiring others to positive actions. And that's it. So let me tell y'all a story about Diamond, okay? I met (laughs) Diamond. I met Diamond at Clark Atlanta. We were both um, in a master's program for social work. And let me tell you about somebody who is the definition to me of living out loud. Like, (laughs) sis is an impact wherever she is. Like, you know how you see that meme where it's like, oh, I'm an asset to anything I touch? Mm -hmm. Like, no, people post that and and they don't live to that. But like Diamond was active on campus. If she mm-hmm. walked in the room, she was answering questions, asking questions, mm-hmm. challenging the professor. Like you name it. <laughs> oh my God. Not challenging like in a in a negative way or like disrespectful, Very but like if she had a, yeah, like if you had like a different um uh, you know, perspective on something you weren't afraid to say that. Where most of us were kind of like, I just left work. I'm just trying to get through this class. Here go Dom with another question. <laughs> like, no, I'm just joking. And it's so serious though. And I, I, I don't even understand how. When I was like, I think I was in grad school. I was working three jobs. <laughs> Listen, it was the grind for real. Like, you know what? I, not to get off topic, but I gotta say, I thank Clark Atlanta all the time because. They really instill, like, they have a motto. They find a way to make one. But, like, they make you believe that by the time you leave there, Uh you really don't have, like, excuses. Like, you figure out how to make it work. Like, everybody was working two Uh jobs, coming to class, leaving class. I was showing up to class with my Boston Market (laughs) apron Uh half the time (laughs) with sweet potatoes on it, everything looking crazy. Like, oh, my gosh, I just got to make it through this class and go back to work. So mm-hmm. definitely, um, Diamond is definitely just she, she, she is about to blow up, y'all. I'm telling y'all, like, this is the beginning of like the greatness <laughs> y'all about to see with these books. Let me show y'all the cover real quick. 
on Amazon. Make sure you go ahead and get it. Make sure y'all can see that. Look, I don't even know how to get in the camera good. Okay. <laughs> it's on there. Get it, get it, get it. Okay. Um, two me and my friends are writing books. I gotta put y'all in order. Yes. There's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of people putting stuff out, so I'm just bought, trying to keep up. I bought another social worker's book just a minute ago before I got on here. Yeah, yeah. Like every time I turn around, something like my friend, she writes children's books and then she just did like a journal. So I'm trying to like keep up with them. Like, oh my gosh, everybody got something going on. So I'm yes. definitely like I tell people all the time, I might not read it right away, but I'm a bite. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I'm gonna get to it. Yeah. Um, but tell me what motivated you um to write your story or to to write these affirmations? Like what motivated you to write this book? Um, what motivated me to write it was actually I wasn't thinking about writing the book. Mm -hmm. Not that book. I had actually um what motivated me to start writing affirmations was I would say first and foremost was when I was in my internship mm -hmm. at Clark. I was in my internship with Family family Ties and I was working with a client and working with a therapist who was a licensed social worker. Mm -hmm. And so I had to put in these different techniques, um, implement the techniques that she had suggested or recommended for that girl. And so we started working because the girl was very, she had low self-esteem issues. And so mm -hmm. I said, look, we not about to sit here and you not about to sit here and just constantly keep downing yourself. So what mm -hmm. we're going to do, we're going to start writing affirmations. And so we started writing affirmations. I started coming up with some different activities and I actually ended up taking that and was utilizing it when I was working as a life coach, um, okay. doing affirmations for girls who were sex trafficked. And from that point on, I just started, you know, continue writing affirmations for myself I've always been a person that you know writing journals and my diary mm -hmm. been writing in diaries since I was a little girl mm -hmm. and so um I kind of lost sight of it and honestly what made me lose sight of it was uh grad school after the research part I said I would never write like I lost <laughs> my I, I've always loved to write but I just said I would never write after doing the research at Clark I was done with writing so for me and then when, you know, you go out and feel you writing all these notes and writing court reports and it was just like, I'm, I'm overwriting. So, um, what happened was I ended up, um, deciding on getting my, my health, my physical health and my mental health together. Because of course I experienced just like a lot of people, post-grad depression, the burnout of, you know, social work, the burnout mm -hmm. of just being, um, a black woman, honestly, and, I think after we are soon after I graduated, I ended up becoming a kinship, um, a relative caregiver of a mm. teenager. So it was like my life changed in so many ways where I didn't even have time for myself. It was always I had to show up and be there, be at court, be for the kids that I was working on my case, be for, you know, the department that I was working for, but also be there for my niece and be there for family and everybody else. I was there for everybody, but I wasn't there for myself. Mm -hmm. And so I said, okay, you know, it took for me to go to the doctor to say, you need to do something. So when I started, you know, on my fitness journey, I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna do this, but I had to tell myself because I was writing in my journal. Mm -hmm. I need to start writing positive words to keep me going. And I literally started doing exactly, I took in some of the, the, techniques the coping strategies that i have you know saw or witnessed from other therapists that i learned from and i literally kept posting those things started sticking scriptures sticking um <laughs> positive words all over my car during the time i was starting working out because i said i in order for me to make it a habit i have to do it every day mm -hmm. so that's how i started 
And then it just eventually, I kept writing. I started my fitness journey in 2017, July 2017. Mm-hmm. And I just wrote in my, my um, journal every day that I was on the journey. Even when the days I didn't go, I still wrote in it. And it wasn't until probably like two years ago, um, I'm seeing everybody writing their books. And then my best friend, she was like, why are you not writing your book? And I was like, I really want to write a book. I've always put that on the goal sheet. I've mm-hmm. always been a believer of goal setting. Mm-hmm. I wrote it down on a, on in my planners and my goal setting books mm-hmm. that I was going to write a book. I can't tell you how many times I done deleted stuff, scratched <laughs> out stuff, said, oh, no, that's not the idea. That's not where I want to go. And... Um, for me, I think it was just, it was during the pandemic, actually, where mm-hmm. I said, I was looking at some of my writings because I was doing some organizing, cleaning. And I said, let me go ahead and look at some of the ones. So the ones that were important to me, I highlighted. Or I put a star, I folded the page um, because each part in the book is 20 affirmations in the book. But those 20 affirmations are um important to me because they were significant a significant time mm-hmm. um, during my journey that shaped me to stay on my journey um and I just I was like I wanted to be simple I wanted to be a simple read and I wanted to make sure that when I do write it that I wrote it based off of the important parts for me right but I right. also made sure I wanted to incorporate the tools that helped me stay on track Okay. You know what? And I want to highlight something that you said, because I think sometimes when people think about weight loss or social media, sometimes could get you really like Mm -hmm. in a trance of like what's realistic and what's not, or, you know, or almost confused about what's realistic because a Mm -hmm. lot of times people will post their journey, but they'll be halfway through. So they already lost like 50 to a hundred pounds and now they posting the journey and then they talking about how they were able to do X, Y, and Z or now because they made it to a certain um, part now they're sponsored by some type of tea and they got people drinking teas and we wearing all these bands like I just saw you know everybody's posting the new band that wrap around 100 mm-hmm. times you know that's 800 feet long mm-hmm. and I'm like how many more things we gonna come up with before mm-hmm. we just say you know what instead of me trying to fold my gut up Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. instead of me trying to put on something on my arm where I'm cutting off circulation, I might pass out before the end of the night. Uh-huh. That I need to just take a, a look in the mirror and be realistic about okay, if you're not happy about what you look like, then you actually have to do something else because mm-hmm. that's just temporary. You still got to take exactly. that off. And it's, st- you know, like we all mm-hmm. walk around looking like gorillas because we done snatched <laughs> one part, but everything else is big. You know what I mean? So it doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense. And I think. You know, for my listeners, especially for anybody that's joining the challenge tomorrow, I want you to hear what she said. She started her journey in 2017. Not yesterday, not last year, not at the beginning of the pandemic, like 2017. (laughs) You see, I'm looking like this. Some respect on what it takes to transform, depending on where you're starting from, depending on what you got going on. Because some of us have different health things, so we might have to take it slower. Like, there's so many dynamics to a weight loss journey and it's different for everybody. So I don't want people to, you know, get on social media and get discouraged because they see somebody lost 60 pounds in 45 days because they on like this extreme diet or something that mm-hmm. may not last or something that they don't have the, mm-hmm. the, the wherewithal to do like, cause you exactly. got to know what you can do. Like, I mm-hmm. think people really need to 
sit down and like analyze like what type of person am I? What kind of changes can I make and sustain? Because mm-hmm. it's all about being able to sustain whatever you're putting in place. Like you can't put something in place that's going to let you drop 100 pounds, but then you go right back to what you used to because that doesn't, it has to be a lifestyle change. And it's a learning process at that because even though it's four years for me, I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. I am still learning. I, and that's what people are like, oh, well, you I've, I've heard it all the time. I've heard people say, oh, well, why don't you start being a trainer? That's not what I want to do. That Dang. is not my specialty. And I feel like it will be disrespectful to the people that train me because I'm, I'm still learning. I'm first mm-hmm. still learning. So how can I be a master of something or call myself an expertise on something that I have no, I'm still learning the process. I'm still mm-hmm. learning about my body. I'm still learning about the science and a lot of stuff. I'm like, I wish I paid attention to it in nutrition class when I took nutrition. I wish mm-hmm. I paid attention to this stuff in, you know, when I took fit phys ed. It's a lot of stuff I wish I would have known. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of things that I said, okay, I tried that, but it didn't work. And I think that the importance, um, because when I did start, I can tell you the first day I started, I didn't even, the first day I started, I didn't tell nobody because I really, I honestly, the first day I didn't even believe that I was going to do it. I was going to mm-hmm. stick with it because of course the first day I went to work out, it was free and I went with my friend and I was like, nah, I don't know about this. So I'm like, I'm not going to even say nothing, mm-hmm. but it was in the middle of my sleep. And I feel like I'm like the most creative person in my, in, in at night. God talks to me at night. I'm literally be up. I wake up out of sleep. I have an idea to come up my head and I start writing. And so for me, I woke up in the middle of the night and I was like, why am I not saying nothing about it? And I think because I was so ashamed because I did lose weight prior to moving to Atlanta. I lost okay. uh, I, I lost weight. I tried boot camp. It wasn't <clears> for me. <throat> By the time I graduated from undergrad, I had I, I had lost a lot of weight. But it was embarrassing for me to re- actually come back. I went home a few days. I went home a week before I came back and changed my life. And it took for me to go home and for family members, for people to say, what is going on? Because they they knew before I left Atlanta, I had I was smaller, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay. I kept saying for years, okay, it's school. It's no excuse now. I'm not in school no more. What's mm-hmm. the excuse? And I was deflecting on what was going on until my mother like begged me. She was like, please lose some weight. And I think the reason why she said it is because like I am like the sister mom to my siblings. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, my mom always said that you know. Diamond will be the one that's going to look after her brother and sister. Diamond's going to be the one that's going to be there when I'm not there. And she begged me, like, please lose weight. It was because of that and because of my father died of cancer when I was little. So I have a lot of fam- people on my my father's side that are morbidly obese. I'm talking about seven, 800. Mm, I'm talking about okay. that big. That was something I was used to. I was used to seeing that. It was normal for me to see that. Mm-hmm. It was normal. Oh, I, I'm just big because my family, my, 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 my people big versus my mother's side they're just tall and slim it -hmm. wasn't no me and my sister probably like the biggest ones out of the out of them because of our our father's side so for my mother to say that and she begged she was like i will help you i just need you to Mm -hmm. get your health together and then i went went home came back to atlanta was in the grocery store buying a whole bunch of groceries and my friend posted her results and i was like hold on she a teacher so i know (laughs) I we, we close, so we know each other's salary. I'm like, hold on, I know you. And then she got kids, so I call her. I say, where you going? What, how you losing weight? How much you cost? And she told me, and I immediately, I was in Walmart. I told my niece, put everything back. I'm getting all healthy food. I'm starting mm-hmm. off. I'm starting tomorrow. And I just like it's like cold turkey, but 
it was in 2017 and so even in that 2017 i was like like i'm not posting i'm not saying nothing about it but it was god in the middle night said you need to share you need to share and i'm glad i'm so glad that i did because i want people to see that something that my doctor said something that my therapist said something even my trainer said you didn't gain all this weight in one year you didn't gain all this weight in one week so why in the hell do you think you're going to lose it all that mm-hmm. such mm-hmm. short time? And if you're losing it in that short time, it's not sustainable. And so that's why I tell people, now that I've been learning, I'm four years on this journey. Hey, I realized for me, I tried the vegan stuff. I'm not saying that I was vegan, but I tried it. Mm-hmm. It was. It was I, I've been exposed to different things, uh, mm-hmm. um, different food that I would never eat, that I would never thought I would eat. But now I eat it. I, I love the whole veganism. I love the, the popularity of the community here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. But for me, it did not work. Mm-hmm. I tried keto. I lost a lot of weight off of keto. Lost a lot of weight. But realistically, is this something I want to continue doing for the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. No. But I've learned. Uh, is it going right? I learned that from just doing that, that I don't like sweet stuff anymore. I, I don't like too much sweet stuff. I, I, I can go without having a lot of carbs, but I still eat carbs. So I've learned something from everything that I have tried. The detoxes, detoxes, they're wonderful. But I had to realize detoxes to clean the system. So if I want to do a detox, I'm doing a detox to prepare me for something else, to prepare me to get, get my mindset ready. I don't mm-hmm. look at a detox. I don't look at a peel. I don't look at a tea, um, a shake a smoothie as um, sustainable for me. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy participating in different things. I enjoy partaking in different foods. I've been culturally um, versed in regards to eating and I'm mm-hmm. appreciative of it. But I realized for me, what works best for me, and it's, I'll say for me, because what works for me may not work for somebody else. Right. Based off my health and based off my age and just my biological um, background, the thing that works for me is just eating in moderation, eating mm-hmm. in calorie deficit. If mm-hmm. I do eat a little bit over, I know I need to go in the gym a little bit more. I know I need to, um, sometimes I, I try to detox tw- two days out of the month, every month. I try mm-hmm. to do that to clean my system out. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it takes time. I had to learn that. I had to learn right that everything doesn't work for me, but I also had to learn the, the importance of being patient and the journey in itself learning the journey learning mm-hmm. every moment of it and knowing that it's going to be sometimes where i have plat- plateaued it's going to be sometimes where hey this might not be the month for me but even though i may feel like that may have been the worst month for me i never stopped going i never stopped working out i never stopped trying mm-hmm. and that's the difference it, it's four years and i'm still on this journey but at this point i don't even look at it like that i look at it as this is my lifestyle i don't feel right if i don't go to the gym and see, that's what I'm trying to get. Like, I think I, <laughs> when I was in undergrad, I was on the band, I danced, and then I was on flag, so I was uh-huh. always moving. So I think I, I think I didn't put enough respect on how much activity I was doing. Uh-huh. And then as I graduated and progressively, it was just like every year, uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, you know, life happened. So then it was like, I don't do drugs. I don't smoke weed. I don't, you know, so it was like food became like, Mm, the addiction these cookies you know what i mean like and it was like no sky you gotta sit with yourself i went to the doctor recently 
And I got on that scale and sis, I was like, wait a minute, I ain't never been this big in my whole mm-hmm. my whole entire life. My mm-hmm. whole 37 years ain't never. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is not cute at all. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, my my family background is hypertension, high blood pressure. I, you know, I was on blood pressure pills when the pandemic started. I was working out, feeling good, got off of them. Mm-hmm. Back on. I said, oh no, we got to do something. I got to do a challenge. I got to do something. I need, I need something to kickstart you. Yes, because mm-hmm. I was like, this is not what's up. Like, you know, my mother is passed away when I was in high school and she was mm-hmm. 39. So I'm 37. So I always like in the back of my mind have like this, I don't want to die at 39. Like my daughter, I can't leave my daughter here. So mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's like, uh-uh, I got to do something because that is just not the business you know I, I understand you know i tell people people like oh you don't have kids. i don't have kids but one thing i can tell you i hey i don't have kids but i know that by me just being a relative caregiver and taking mm-hmm. guardianship of a teenager i saw myself change i saw myself oh because of course you're cooking for somebody else you gotta mm-hmm. make sure they eat so you're eating whatever you know they eat i saw myself living my life like a teenager my my niece could eat whatever and she didn't gain no weight but i was eating with her too so mm-hmm. i can understand and i seen even with my family even with my grandmother my grandmother picked away when she had her last daughter and i always tell people like it the journey of just being people being mothers mm-hmm. your life changed even people that are married their lives change I, the you what you hear the dead the dead by you hear how men have changed once they get married because the responsibilities change. Everything mm-hmm. changed. So no matter what area of your life or just like myself, like I was in my late 20s, I'm in my early 30s, I'm seeing my body change because after 25, your body changed. And then after you have kids, your body changed. And people are not receptive of that. And even, you know, when you talk about the, the surgery and things like that, I tell people, I'm not against surgery. Mm-hmm. I'm not against it. What I'm against and it's just my my and I'm I'm such an advocate of it. I'm not against her. What I am against is people going on social media, lying, telling people this is how they lost weight, knowing that's not how you lost weight. If you got surgery, embrace that. If you don't want people to know, then don't go off embracing or telling people something that is not true. Man, let me tell you. Let me tell you, because you know when we were in grad school around that time, it was a lot of trainers in Atlanta. Pumping a lot of BS, talking about my glutes is, is natural, and then they had to come out and say whatever when the surgery went bad. You know what I mean? And it was like, wait a minute, you had girls paying you three hundred, four hundred, these astronomical amounts of money. It's, it's still crazy. It's still an issue. It's an issue everywhere. Like you everywhere. can look at somebody and be like, "Come on, like you not gonna tell us that?" Like I could tell your stomach is shaped a certain way. All of them. All of them BBL stomachs look the same. I don't care what nobody says. The flat board, the, the, the belly button is placed weird. Yes, I mean, and I'm not against it because if that's what you want to do to embrace yourself, embrace it. But I, and I think it's coming from me, coming from a spiritual sense. Like I, I tell people all the time, like my, I didn't, I was so in denial about my spiritual gift of exhortation, of encouraging other people, of encouraging others to positive actions. Mm-hmm. I was always like so in denial or just holding it in. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was until like, you know, when I was in grad school and somebody said, when my pastor was like, you know, you got to use your gifts to help people to get to a certain place in their life. Right. So even with the book in itself, like, I felt like that was a calling. Like maybe, you know, I'm, everybody like, oh, you're encouraging people. I'm like, okay, let me, let me do it this way. And I say this for a reason because I want people to say like, 
for me, if I was to get surgery, I'm not, first off, I, it's some other stuff I got to get get together first. It's just, you know, my mindset. If I haven't taken care of this, I'm not going to go and put spinning on this. That's just how I feel. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, um, the reality for me before I started working out, like I had no, no, I had just basically blocked out like, oh, I won't be able to have kids or so I don't want no kids. I literally thought that because of my polycystic ovarian syndrome diagnosis. I was just like, yeah, I'm not having none. Or I can't have any. And so for me, when I first started working out, and I think this is very important as to why, you know, I did start going into it, um, working out and trying to change my lifestyle, eating right, Mm -hmm. was because it was at that moment before I went to go and work out and start this journey. When I went to the OBGYN and she was like, and my OBGYN, she's very like, my OBGYN is from Philly, so she <laughs> she cut throat straight and she, up. And she'd be like, she was like, okay, I didn't did everything I can do. I did every ran every lab. I didn't gave every test. I didn't did all of this work for you. And she was like, you came in, you come into my office with your hair done, your nails done, your face beat, you got all this on, and you mean to tell me that you can't go work out, that you can't change, you can't drink water, just water every day? And she, and she said that, I was looking at her like, who is you? Like, I was like, oh, let me get a new doctor. I'm literally thinking that I'm in a doctor. I'm like, mm-hmm. I need a new doctor. I can't. I can't. And so she, mm-hmm. was like, I, so she was like, I'm telling you. She was like, I need to see you in a month. And I need to see you have made some changes. I need that skill to drop because she was like, I have done everything. She was like, now I can be the type of doctor that run you for your money and make you be on all these pills and everything. So she was like, I can do all of that. She was like, but I can't do that. She was like, and I won't do that because that's me not, that's me putting another black woman in a situation that I'm against. Mm-hmm. And so I went home, I thought about it and I was so mad. And I remember I was so mad to the point I wanted to cry because I felt embarrassed. I felt embarrassed, but I was it was accountability for me. It was mm-hmm. the fact that, like, honestly, this doctor really cared because she could be like any other doctor out here that's mm-hmm. going to run you for your money. And yep. she really cared about me. She told me, I've tried everything I can do. It's mm-hmm. on you now. And so for me, it was at that moment, I was like, I'm taking these nails off. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm, don't care about my hair. I got to get right. And um, when I, when, when I first started, I, my, fertility levels was like a low like low low and after probably like after a year and a half or so i went back into her office we did the blood work because with pcos you have to get constant blood work mm-hmm. and when she did the blood work she came back and she said yeah um i came back for the recheck she was like so you she was like um i don't have anything else i'm expecting oh i gotta get this other lab work done i gotta get this done. she was like i don't have anything else to no more blood work no extensive blood work and i said huh she was like, your blood levels were good. And I'm like, hold on, what you talking about? And I was like, so, hold on, am I fertile? And then she was like, and I promise you, I got, I went to the car and cried. Mm-hmm. Because all it took was for me to go and work out yep. constantly, change my eating. Um, my, as the years went by, um, my A1C level, because I was pre-hyper, I was a pre-diabetic. Mm-hmm. I was pre-diabetic. And she was threatening. She said, if I came back, she was going to put me on metformin. I've been on metformin. I don't like metformin. Don't want it. I remember I used to throw up. People used to think I was pregnant because how much I threw up. And I said, 
I don't ever want to get back. That was out of all the medicines I've ever t- taken in my life. That is like the worst medicine for me. Mm. And I, 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 that's, I think that was uh, another reason why I, I like, I got to go work out because I don't want to get put back on the medication. Mm-hmm. I never had asthma. I developed asthma when I moved to Atlanta, when I started gaining weight, I'm like, all of this happening. And I'm just trying to understand like, why is this happening? It's happening because I'm gaining weight. So for me, when it comes to the surgery piece, mm-hmm. I tell people, I'm not ready to, if I go get surgery, I, I respect somebody that's a mother and they, they've been working out, they've been doing everything can. And of course, you know, I've heard when you had your babies, you lose a lot of muscle down there. So I've seen why some women who do work out and they say, I want to get this done. They do it because it's a medical necessity. They mm-hmm. want to have that mommy maker. All kudos to them. As for me, I haven't even had kids yet. I know my body is going to change once you have kids. So mm-hmm. until I have my kids in, maybe I'll think about it a little differently. If that is the case. But right now, no, I'm just, I'm going to embrace my fupa. I'm going to embrace my car. <laughs> I tell people, I tell people like, how much weight you want to lose? I am at the point right now, I still want to be a big girl, but I'm a healthy big girl. That's mm-hmm. the difference. So no matter right. how much I weigh, I my my A1C is not high anymore. My, um, my blood levels are not out of order. Everything, right. I am healthy. I had mm-hmm. to use an inhaler in over two years. So for me, I am healthy. And that right. was the main goal for me to get healthy. It was never about the size. It was never about the shape for me because I, I feel like I always had a nice shape, but it's more about me toning. It's more mm-hmm. about me converting my fat into muscle now. And that's what right. I'm learning now in the fear for converting fat into muscle mm-hmm. not so much losing weight but turning into muscle the more muscle the more lean you are and i'm comfortable with that right right absolutely you know i think it's i think it's just hard for everybody you know once you gain that weight to kind of to do that self-examination and the, like you said the accountability part is hard like mm-hmm. It was hard for me to sit down and be like, yo, you you got some stuff you need to work on. You probably need to do a, a lot more sessions with your therapist. You out here giving therapy and you not using any of your skills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I was using food mm-hmm. as like an escape for like mm-hmm. my own stuff. Because, you know, this work is sometimes will have you like disassociate because Mm-hmm. It's heavy all the time. And when I get home, I want to be in La La Land. Like, people always be like, oh, you watch this, you watch that. I don't want to watch anything that's realistic to what I hear all day. Like, wow, the yeah. kids I work with, you know, that mm-hmm. stuff is heavy. I don't want to watch yes. anything that sounds like that. I don't want to see a movie where kids got killed down the block because kids in my school got killed. Like, yeah. I don't want to see, you know, I just don't want to hear it. I don't want to see it. If it's a movie, hallmark me all day. <laughs> them fake movies where you know it's going to end out right and what that's fine yep. sci-fi where you know it's real fake like that's why I like shows like Manifest and all that because it's like yeah right the plane disappeared for five years and all that okay <laughs> like you know what I mean like all of that fake fake stuff because it's like it's nothing close to what we deal with every day like this work is heavy and it's hard and it's like I can't so when mm-hmm. you have your own problems and your own stuff on top of that it's like damn Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's too much. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. And yes, because people be like, "Oh, how did you?" <laughs> and I, and I promise you, like, even just even working with you know foster care, it was a lot of people that I had I had learned about the mental health, and I tell people like everything goes together. My my trainer always said every part goes together. It does. It's intricate, and I was like, "This is so true. It is intricate. Mm-hmm. Body, mind, and spirit." Yeah, I remember like. When I started working, I had to start saying no. Even when it came to work, I 
just tell all my clients. They be like, oh, can you do this? Nope. I can't do it at six o'clock. I just tell people, you got my um, you got my number. You mm-hmm. got my text. Text me if you need me. If it's an emergency, call 911. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, between these hours. That. Yeah, those healthy self-care. boundaries. Those it's healthy boundaries. Yep, those yeah. healthy boundaries. You got to have boundaries for everything because that's what I was talking about when I went live just to announce the, the challenge. I was like, look, ladies, like we want to get our lashes done. We getting these brows done. They getting threaded and we getting them tinted. If you getting your lashes and individuals, you sitting for what, two hours? I don't even know how long that takes. It's a long time. Even with the okay. hair. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you could figure that out mm-hmm. with your two, three, four, five kids, whatever you got going on, your two jobs, all that, if you could squeeze that in. Mm-hmm. And you could figure it out. And I was like, I can't use the I'm tired. I had to deal with the toddler. No, figure it out. Get up in the morning. Like, that's what I had to tell myself. And it was like, because I had been working on, like, my spirituality. And it was like, yo, your body's your temple. So, like, why are you treating it like trash? Why are you treating it like trash? If it's the only thing that's going to keep your spirit while you here, how are you treating it like trash? Uh Uh-uh. Then it's like, well, you keep ending up in these situations where people treating you like trash, but you treat you like trash. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. get what I'm saying? It all exactly. is all a revolving circle. And it was like, I had to have that aha moment, like, girl, people not treating you right because you don't treat you right. Mm-hmm. Or you don't know yourself. Right. I th- and right. I think, like, even, I think my first, my the first affirmation is about changing my book. And that's like significant to me because I had mm-hmm. to make some changes. And then the second one is letting go. And I say that for a reason because I'm speaking back what you were saying. I realized that when I came on this journey, and it was probably like the hardest part, mm-hmm. I had to let go of a lot of people. I'm talking about people I was friends with, people that I interacted with. I had to let them go. And not in a bad way, but I right. had to let them go because what they were, what the journey that I was trying to be on, mm-hmm. it didn't align. Like if y'all was trying to go out to the club, I couldn't afford to go out to the club no more because that became my workout life, my fitness life, my eating life had become another bill for me. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I realized the outfits, I don't think, I think I went a whole year without buying no clothes. Like I went a whole year without buying no clothes. I went a whole year just not doing nothing. I mean, even when it came to relationships, I think I gained a sense of, you know, I at that point I was like, I don't got time for you no more. I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. Um, if you're not on a trajectory of trying to go somewhere, elevate, then we can't talk. Right. You can't right. You're wasting my time. <clears throat> that part. And so a lot of things changed because I realized that I couldn't associate myself with certain things if I was trying to go mm-hmm. to associate with my things. with. And I say it was hard to let go of some things. It was hard to let go of some people, even family members. It was hard to let go. I think I've cried the first three, four months. I cried a lot because I'm like, dang, like I'm really excluded. I'm not really around my friends anymore. I'm not really, you know, on the scene anymore. And it took a lot. Understand, like I lost a lot of people, and I think that was the hardest part. Like sometimes I didn't even want to come in the gym because I was just irritated mm-hmm. the fact that mm-hmm. I felt like I didn't have nobody to talk to, or I didn't have, you know, out. And then it was part of me feeling like I couldn't be available, you know. Mm-hmm. But I realized that that was my moment where I had to do me I had to protect me yeah even in the sense of doing it the reality is if somebody says to me if somebody is truly um if somebody is truly meant to be in your life they will come back around to be in your life mm-hmm. if they're not then they just couldn't go with you that season and everybody that I would say more majority of everybody that you know I had to let go of or we had to distance apart somehow we always came back together and it was a reason why I had to let go because I had to I had to pull me. 
I had to right. I had to pull me in order to to get further. And I think throughout all of that, like with the letting go, I was able to see blessings in my own career, mm-hmm. blessings in my personal life, blessings, mm-hmm. and you know, in regards to people that's in my corner. Um, I was able to make my own family because I have no family here. I don't have a majority of family. I have a, just probably like a few family members, but mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of family here. But I gained so much family based off of having accountability, basically, mm-hmm. basically being sur- surrounding myself around positive people, people that were on the same journey as me or similar right. like me. Right. Absolutely. Last thing. What do you think about the, I don't want to call it a battle, but it's like a battle to me, the body positivity. I have mixed feelings about it because I used to be small, right? Mm-hmm. Like. I used to be small. So I, I feel like, like I don't have that experience of, I've always been a big girl because mm-hmm. I had, so I don't know what that perspective is like. I know what it's like to be small and I know what it's like to be big. And I know when I'm smaller and I weigh less, I feel way better. My attitude uh-huh. is better. Uh-huh. I feel better. I look better. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and I, overall just health. I am healthier when I'm at a different weight. And, you know, I don't want to make people feel bad or anything, but I think we've taken it to a level where it's dangerous, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. That's just my opinion. I feel like, you know, I feel like there's so many, like, initiatives now in society where it's like, Mm -hmm. don't say this, your body shame. No, it's not body shame. It's like concern. Like, we already live majority African-Americans and black and brown people, Hispanic people. We already majority live in food deserts. So Mm -hmm. our access to quality foods already is pretty low. So let's not ignore all of these things and make it seem like we were set up for success. Like we don't have to, I think somebody put it perfect. I saw somebody put like, we don't got to keep eating like slaves no more. Like we ate like that because we didn't have a choice. Mm. We ate, you know chitlins and stuff because they didn't give us the good part of the meat not because we wanted to that's because we had to figure that out Mm -hmm. like we don't have like we don't have to stay in survival mode like i think it's so much unlearning and relearning that we have to do as a community as a people and i think we need to be able to have like these hard conversations where it's not like this taboo where all of a sudden if somebody puts it out as body shaming like now can't nobody say anything like that's ridiculous to me Mm-hmm. And I would say that because even like, okay, like I tell people like all the time I do, I did not, did not like, um, I didn't want to model. I didn't want to do anything. Like I just, I think it was kind of like the way I felt about myself. But then when mm-hmm. I went ahead and started working out, I was like, okay, let me go ahead and try it. And what I realized, what I, I know a lot, I have, I would say I have a lot of friends that are BBW models. I have a lot of people that I've connected with on internet that, hey, if I come to Atlanta, I'm coming to see you. Or if I go out of town, I'm like, hey, let's, let me let me hit you up because I'm in your city. I've met so many beautiful um, plus-size women. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them I met in real life, got to know like friends. I noticed there's a lot of insecurities. Mm-hmm. I noticed that some women especially Atlanta BBW uh, models. I know that some women don't even want to lose weight because they feel like it's going to lose, help. It's going to lose their, that clout that they have. And I say mm-hmm. that's an insecurity situation. Um, I've had people that tell me, Oh, well, your hips are not wide enough. Or you're not. Some people have said, I have heard some people say we, we need a bigger girl and you're not technically plus size. 
I'm like, well, according to my clothes, I'm a plus size. According to what I can fit, I'm a plus size. But I've heard that because I'm not as big as I used to be, or I'm not that three or four hundred pound model that they're looking for. Mm -hmm. And which is all great. I'm good. I'm I'm glad that they're exposing more than just the curvy model. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. appreciative of it because of course people want to know what they yeah, look like. Absolutely. absolutely. I'm good for that when body positivity. What I'm not good for is just like what you say. I saw that this morning. It's a plus size model that I follow beautiful beautiful uh features she's a beautiful girl but i'm looking i'm looking at it and i'm like i'm not gonna say nothing i'm looking at it neck is black right here all mm -hmm. of this is black underarms is black and i said that's a high risk for diabetes mm -hmm. and i said if i say something it's me body shaming and it's the whole cancel culture and i think that's an influence of it because oh if you say something about hey sis you might it's your your body shaming. No, it's not. It's because in on a spiritual sense, I'm just speaking. I grew up in the church. The Bible say that you know the Bible always talk about, and this is true Christian for me. I'm I'm really big on it, on relationships, with, your relationship with God. And I would say that something I was always taught. If somebody was to walk in church and they your sister and they somebody I personally know, if I didn't know you like that, that wasn't my assignment. But mm -hmm. if I know you, I know I can come to you and say, hey sis like you know this you know maybe you shouldn't do this this way i'll talk to them about it but i mm -hmm. also have something to offer one thing my aunt used to always did we came to church with with a small skirt on she had another uh, another skirt a cute it would still be cute but it was a longer skirt or it was a skirt that was more appropriate mm -hmm. but she did it and so what i'm trying to say out of that if you're going to give somebody advice if you're going to do any type of critiquing try to help them Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And for me, I would never try to critique somebody without helping them. But I'm not also gonna step outside of my boundary because I don't want to hurt somebody. Because how so, how you, somebody else may perceive it may be off wrong. Right, right. Do that. Right. But at the same time, it is what it is. I am that, and I think that's the main reason why I got into starting, you know, venture off into plus size modeling because I want people to see that you can be plus size and you can be healthy. Mm -hmm. I don't want to. I'm not, I don't care if, if I was to lose and be more toned than what I am, if that's the case, I'm healthy because you know what? I don't live for Instagram. I don't live for Facebook. Mm -hmm. Instagram and Facebook don't pay my insurance. Instagram and Facebook do not, do not care if I'm in a grave, do not care if I have a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem that I'm seeing in the BBW um, industry is that a lot of women refuse to lose weight. They refuse to exercise. They refuse to, to take care of their health because they are so insecure about other factors, about other things mm -hmm. in their life that they feel that it would mess up their image or they feel like, okay, if I lose all this weight, ain't nobody going to like me or ain't nobody, I'm not going to have the same following. Mm -hmm. I'm, having, I'm, I'm not going to have the same following. I've seen that. And it just, it's a, it's a, it really upsets me. But at the same time, that's where it was like for me to go ahead and still work out for me to go ahead and post my journey of me mm -hmm. working out, post my journey of me, eating, post my journey <laughs> right. of, you know, me trying to make something of, you know, this journey. Right. And right. So I, I, I'm so with you when you're talking about, we need to know because all of that, then when somebody, then when somebody passed away on social media or somebody that's famous or whatever, somebody passed away, then you, I saw that this morning and I was just like, it was in this crazy. And it's, I'm going to tell you this is the crazy part. Somebody from South Africa reposted the girl picture. I, when I saw it, I was like, is this her picture? And I said, oh, it's a repost. So it was somebody from, from Ghana, I believe, that posted it. 
and I looked at the comments. Do you know all of the African people over there were commenting and they were just saying this is unacceptable? So for me, it showed me a different sense. That's not something that's practiced in West African tradition. They don't believe in that. You, they don't like that. They don't like it. So for them, it wasn't. It was the Americans that was on the comments like, "Oh, go sis, give it to them, sis." But it was the Africans that was like, "No, give what?" <laughs> they, they, I saw that. Give what? Mm -hmm. This is not no. And I said that goes to show the cultural differences. Mm -hmm. That goes to show mm -hmm. what we used to value. Yeah. Before we was sent over to the United States before we was stolen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a hard conversation. I think cancel culture is such a dangerous thing. Um I'm not a fan of it, regardless of what people do, because I feel like it it is creating a generation of children who feel like they can't make mistakes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um and mm -hmm. high anxiety because the the amount of kids that I work with who are um who have thought about suicide, so you know, engaging like self-harming practices, um, high anxiety is alarming to me. Mm -hmm. Like I work with that age group, and it's a lot of it has to do with social media, a lot of it has to do with like cancel culture. And and I feel like we mm. need to teach them that you can bounce back from something that you did that wasn't great because you're not going to be perfect and there is no perfect thing. Like people put out the best of them on the internet, but like realistically, like to just say, Oh, we not messing with that person no more. Cause they said X, Y, Z. But like, when did we not have the right to have an opinion? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. me saying something about what you did or how you do is my opinion. It's not disrespectful. It's just my opinion because if you put it on the internet, then you put it for me to say something. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it's like, which one is it? Like people need to figure it out. So I think it's you know, that's a whole nother that, that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> it's a whole nother episode. But back to you know, just the health thing. I just wanted people to hear about your journey, hear about the long haul, hear about how much effort and time it takes, and the importance of having a tribe around you and support and uh -huh. knowing that you need to seek support um when necessary. I mean, some people could do it alone, but for the most part, everybody needs like that accountability person, whether it's somebody you meet at the gym and somebody you don't know, a, a relationship that you form, whatever the case may be. I just wanted to be another person that was putting it out there and I wanted to mm -hmm. share. So I'm going to be sharing my journey with everybody so they can see like the days where I'm not trying to go to the gym on my YouTube, the days where I do go, like all the struggles, the food, the meal prep, whatever it is. I'm going to be sharing it. I'm not really comfortable with it. So that's definitely something that. I got your comfort zone. I understand. I was the same way. I, you know, but I'm like, you know what? It's somebody out there that's contemplating and, and they waiting for somebody else. And I'm like, maybe it'll be me. I don't know. So, but I just wanted to thank you so much for coming on. I'm thank so proud so of you. I can't wait for your next book because I know another one coming. So I'm just going to speak that name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for that doctor. Oh, don't think I oh. forgot. <laughs> um, but no, but again, so everybody listening, I want y'all to go out and get Diamond's book. It's Overcoming Affirmations for Your Success. Here it is again. It's on Amazon. I'm speaking it into Target and all these other places. Next, you know, we just going to affirm that. <laughs> yes. Um, 
She works out at a fact. She done been viral. She loved Meek Mills. Look, if Meek Mills, if I had to ask for permission to play the song, and I would play it, but you know, I'm not trying to get sued on the money yet. But you know, yes, kudos to her. Um, so thank you, thank you, thank, thank you. you I have no to have you back you. on again, and we yes. will be out, y'all. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you. I love you. Yes, love you too, girl. Bye. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,